Hello and welcome to the Seville Productions Purpose Podcast. I'm your host, Rupert McConnick, founder and EP at Seville Productions. I'm delighted today to have Tom Murphy, Chief Creative Officer at VML North America as a guest. Welcome, Tom. How are you doing? I am great. Thanks so much for having me, Rupert. Wonderful. So, so just jump, jumping in, Tom, can you tell us a little bit about your background and career, um, you know, before your current position? Yeah, absolutely. I am an art director by trade, um, have worked in the agency business for quite a while. Um, I am, as you said, North American uh, Chief Creative Officer at VML North America, um, but up until very recently uh, at Wonderman Thompson. Um, and then prior to that, I did a very long stint at McCann, New York and McCann, North America. Wonderful. And, and, and where are you from originally? Uh, I am originally from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, moved around a little bit uh, as a kid, but Pittsburgh is my hometown. Wonderful. How did you get into advertising? How did you fall into this game? Or was this a, a plan? I was I was an art kid. I was a kid who drew um, from a very early age and was drawn to drawn to art. And my dad, who was in marketing, sort of B two B marketing, I think he saw that perhaps there was an opportunity for me to connect my artistic uh, passion to a way to make money, and he gave me a little gentle nudge toward the world of advertising and marketing. And I am very grateful to him that he did. Wonderful. So so tell us about your notable work related to, to brand purpose. I have worked on a couple of pieces of work that are, you know, I think quite notable uh, in terms of purpose. One was Fearless Girl uh, for State Street Global Advisors. Yeah. Uh, another one was uh, True Name for MasterCard. Um, both of them were projects where the brand's values aligned with a much bigger sort of statement um, in culture. Wonderful. And, and talking of purpose and brand purpose, do you, how do you define it? Do you know what? It's funny. I, knowing that I had to do this podcast, I turned to Google and was Googling what is purpose-led marketing. And technically, um, you know, Google tells me, that it's a brand centering its communications efforts around a social cause that aligns with its core values, which I guess is sort of it. But um, I like to think of it more as picking a, a North Star for your brand that comes out of the product, but allows you to go much bigger than the product. Uh, an example of this would be I worked years ago on Lysol, and our, our mission for them was protection. And protection obviously comes out of the product. That's what Lysol does. It protects you from germs. But protection allows you to go much bigger than the product or the category. So I love it when, again, you, you pick a mission that comes out of the product that, but can sort of telescope much bigger. And um, I mean, how do you balance sort of short-term brand objectives with long-term brand building. That's kind of what we're doing really with, with purpose, right? Yeah, it is. I think, again, um, if you think of it as sort of a North Star, ideally you are, you are choosing a mission um, or a direction to point the brand that has a long-term aspiration and is very true to what the product is. And then I think if you're very, very clear about that, 
you can act fast and do things in the moment and do things that are more momentary that will actually add up to a, a to your larger purpose, if that makes sense. And, and it absolutely does. So, and how do creatives keep brand purpose fresh and avoid pandering? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I assumed you would ask me about this. And it is, it's, I think we find ourselves at sort of an interesting point on the sort of purpose journey where, you know, 10 years ago, our industry became obsessed with purpose. Um, and we were sort of almost at some point, almost indiscriminately doing it everywhere. Um, and you ended up with work that was almost always well-intentioned, but sometimes very disconnected from what the brand or product actually was. People doing things for the good of society, but that had very little, you know, connection to the product. And you end up, you ended up seeing it sort of uh, lampooned on SNL, you know, like the idea of they had a very famous and very funny sketch on SNL called Hard Cut Cheetos about clients, you know, wanting to be purposeful for everything. And, and so I think we hit a sort of a tipping point where if you're going to do purpose, which you absolutely should, you, you have to be very smart about it and do it in a way that's very true to the brand or else you risk looking silly um, and the public will point you out for it and, and people will reject it if it's cynical and it's exploitive and it's disconnected from the brand. Yeah, it's a bit like all the COVID ads, right? I mean, that was all totally all the Pepsi misstep with the Kardashians, you know. But I feel I find that like as a as something new comes into our uh, into our business, and I think this there was certainly this wave of purpose led work. I think initially you you have the room to almost do anything with it, and I think people were very accepting of almost anything that was purpose oriented. And then I think what happens is as so many people do it, and people start to do it really well the public and our industry becomes less forgiving. Like you have to be sharp and on point with it these days. I think it's people will laugh at you if you just are sort of randomly attempting to do purpose, if that makes sense. It makes complete sense. And the truth is, you know, because social media has lots of issues, but one thing it is quite powerful about is outing um, BS because if someone does claim that they're, I don't know, you're a fossil fuel company and you're, you know, entirely renewable, you know, people are going to come on. There are even, Rupert, there are things that I've, pieces of work that I've done that I'm I'm totally not going to tell you what they are, but pieces of work I've done that are purpose-oriented that I don't think would stand up today, that I think people would possibly call a bit of BS on, um, because I think social media has just made us much more demanding of, of brands getting it right, if that makes sense. No, it makes complete sense. And there's people who spend their lives trolling and, and, and bringing up these issues and, yeah. uh, and so on. And, and I think, uh, I also just think it's, a, it's something that's going to get bigger because there's things like climate change kick, kick in that, you know, the, new, the younger generation is going to look at who is responsible. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> and I think that's, I, you know, we all know what, what Gen Z care about. And the environment is one thing that they really care about. So I think that's going to be something that I think everyone is going to be looking at very hard in terms of the the brands that they uh, they associate themselves with. Jumping on to another topic, do you think AI will help or harm us creatively, um, particularly in terms of what you do, creativity? You know? uh, I think that it will, um, and certainly I'm not the first person to say this, but I, I do think ultimately it's going to be a tool. Um, 
that we need to and should use effectively. I heard a photographer talking about embracing it and remembering when the entire um, field of photography was just terrified of Photoshop um, because of the manipulation that it allowed. And um, obviously, Photoshop became the best friend of a photographer. So I, I think ultimately, it's just going to be a tool like Photoshop or like, you know, even design software for the Mac that will help us. Um, and so I think we should all be diving into it and, and using it uh, accordingly. But I do think one thing that's going to happen and, and perhaps sort of a caution is that I think it's going to start to make a lot of like pretty good work. I think it will, it has a way with music, with imagery, with filmmaking of probably upping the overall level of things to where everything starts to look pretty slick, feel pretty shiny, feel pretty good. Um, and then what happens is you will have a glut of pretty good. And the job of the creative director is going to be to to find the great that breaks through the, the pretty good, which is going to be hard. Like I think our job as creative directors is going to get much harder because of it. Well, because you're going to have to find things that, that, that an algorithm doesn't work on, right? <laughs> totally. I find it, I'm a huge music fan, yeah. and you can, already, you can already tell with music. Like, of course, an AI can probably write pretty decent pieces of music, you know? But when everything starts to sound pretty decent, how do you make things that truly transcend and connect with people? And I, I firmly believe that there's always going to be a need to, to create things from the heart that really connect with people, but it'll get harder. Yeah, no, I, I think so too. And I also think, you know, writing scripts and movies, stuff and all that, I mean, AI can do a pretty good treatment um, and it can help, you know, it can get, get you off the blank page. But I don't think it's going to be writing dialogue anytime soon and so on, you know. No, no. I just heard an interview with Bob Iger where he was sort of saying the same thing. I think, um, I think, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. But the, but the also thing is we can't really predict the future anyway, right? I mean, because <laughs> I remember I bought my first Apple Classic in, what, 1990 or something. And, uh, you know, from where that was to where we are now, I wouldn't have foreseen that. I remember coming into the industry as as the Mac was taking hold and there were still people complaining about, you know, how art directors didn't draw enough and didn't present their ideas, you know, hand drawn. And frankly, I'm somebody who does like to draw and I will I will draw an idea if it helps. But certainly there are people who are brilliant um, who, who who don't need to. So it's I don't know, it's uh, these tools serve us well if we use them in the right way. Yeah, absolutely. So, so tell us about a, a, a client that approached marketing in a way you didn't expect. I mean, you've worked with a lot of incredible brands. Um, I should, I'm trying to think of clients of mine. I've certainly, you know, loved the bravery of clients that I've worked with and, and have really um, admired it. Um, but I'm trying to think specifically. I'm going to choose one that's maybe not a client of mine. I think that's fine. That's absolutely fine. Like whatever you, whatever you love, that's the thing. Totally. So this this would be a client that's not mine, and it would actually be Liquid Death, right? Um, and it's it's a brand that, frankly, even aesthetically and and its its vibe is probably not. It's not exactly me, um, and I'm not sure I would have arrived there. But I really, really admire 
the way they created this brand by almost doing everything counter to what prescribed wisdom would be like to put the word death on a can <laughs> to sort of infiltrate the world with it in the way that they did. I really, really admire, I admire the rule breaking and the commitment to their vision of what that brand is. I, I am, um, I, I love brands that have a very distinct point of view and, and are, and, and stay true to it. Um, you know, so that, that's, that's my favorite sort of thinking. Right. And then what changes, um, do you anticipate in, the, in ab- the advertising world in the next five years? I mean, we were just talking about how, you know, Apple Mac and now we are where we are. And what do, what do you see in the next five years? So I think obviously our jobs as creative people are going to get harder because there is going to be more great work. There is going to be more fragmentation of sort of eyeballs and viewers. There's going to be more distraction in the world. So it is going to get increasingly hard for our industry. Having said that, um, there's a sort of an anecdote that I often come back to. I was once in a, um, a big meeting with a very, very senior agency executive and a very senior uh, executive from the client side. And this client was known for being very challenging to, to their agencies. And the client was sort of going at the agency exec saying, given the fragmentation of media and the way things are going, you must be very worried about the future of your industry. And the, the client was effectively challenging the agency person on the, on the state of advertising. And the, uh, the agency exec, without missing a beat, said, I'm actually far more worried about the state of your industry and your business. And he went on to sort of say that advertising almost like a cockroach, has this ability to survive and to morph into what it needs to be for the times. There's always going to be a need to communicate the benefits of products. Um, and we are, we are quite good at adapting to, to tell those stories in new ways. Whereas our, our clients oftentimes are much more locked into a way of seeing the world and a business model that is uh, inflexible. So I don't know. I think I, you know, I... It's going to be tough, but I actually think it's a an amazing time to be in this industry because we have more technological tools than we've ever had. We have more talented people coming into the industry because they're all learning to create incredible videos when they're twelve on 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 their iPhones. So I'm I'm optimistic on balance about about the industry. Uh, tell us about a recent industry campaign that you're excited about. It could be something that your agency's just done or, you know, it's something you can talk about. So in terms of recent, recent work that um, I've been excited about, I'll give you maybe a couple of uh, examples out in the industry and then a couple that I've uh, been a part of. Um, from the industry at large, I actually really love, speaking of purpose, I loved Apple's Mother Nature film that they created about Mother Nature paying a visit to the Apple headquarters. I thought it was obviously squarely designed to communicate what they're actually doing about the planet, but it wasn't afraid to sort of poke fun at itself. It was sort of perfectly played. I think they risked putting themselves out there doing it. There was a degree of like of, of daring to it. Um, so I really, I loved that. I was jealous of it. I wish I did it. So Apple Mother Nature would be one. A second example would be... Um, the, uh, the second best campaign for IKEA, where IKEA were acknowledging that they were 
they were good, but really um, not as not as good as parents uh, in the life of their children. And I just thought that was kind of a brilliant way to sort of hum- humble brag about the role of IKEA in people's lives. Um, and then a couple of examples from us. Um, one would be very much purpose and very much something that uh, our agency um, is proud to work on is for Hellman's Mayonnaise. Um, and Hellman's is a brand that is actually very purpose-driven, and their purpose is reducing food waste. There is an astronomical amount of food waste in our country every year, something like 40% of, of the food in America gets thrown out. And Hellman's as a brand that is... Um, that you know has a way of, of of turning leftovers into sort of delicious possibilities. Uh, believes uh, in uh, making taste, not waste. And so we've done a bunch of work with Hellman's. Uh, we've w- done work in the Super Bowl um, and are preparing more work at the moment around the issue of food waste. And that's that's some work I'm really proud of. Um, one last bit of uh, work from us would be our work for the foundation to combat anti-Semitism. Um, and we, we work with that organization, um, and, um, around an issue that frankly, I, I wish didn't need smart work, but it desperately does. Um, it's an issue that sadly keeps rearing its head in new ways. Um, and we, we did a campaign called the blue square, um, for the foundation to combat anti-Semitism, which sort of visualized the problem of hate uh, in America in, a, in an interesting way. So very proud of that work. Wonderful. So, Tom, it's been brilliant having you on the podcast. You've been a, a fantastic guest. Thank you very, very much for, for joining us. It's been, been really, really educational. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rupert. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Seville Productions Purpose Podcast. Learn more about Seville Productions and our work in the Purpose and Sponsored Entertainment space www.sevilleproductions.com